0: Good morning and welcome to worship and a special welcome to those joining through the live stream uh, or the recording. The Spirit of God invites all to worship the Creator in this time and in our places which dwell on Treaty 1 territory, the ancestral lands of the Métis Nation, the Dakota, the Cree, the Oji-Cree, Dene, Adenoshane, and Anishinaabe. May we steward the gifts of this land and love all people who dwell on it. This morning in the life of the congregation, I want to invite Ken and Mel to come up for their announcements. And while they're, while Ken, Dick, and Mel are coming up, let me just tell you about Tuesday. Tuesday, there's going to be a comedy night via Zoom. The details are in the bulletin. This is a, a five-congregation comedy night with Leland Claussen. Uh So, uh, if you want to be able to brush off some of the seriousness of of the world that we're living in, uh, or temporarily put it on hold, that uh, can be a, a fun Trove Tuesday comedy night. There, announcements. Good morning. My name is Ken Dick, and I'm here this morning on behalf of Southeast Helping Hands. At the start of the new year, I've taken on the responsibilities as operations manager and continue to be active board member with the organization. Each food bank Wednesday, which are held bi-weekly, we serve approximately 250 families or 1,050 individuals each time. Our Grace Church community committee has decided that they would like to hold our annual rice drive during our Lent season. In the past years, we've collected and purchased enough rice to last a full year of giving. Although rice bags are welcome, you can also give a cheque or e-transfer money marked rice drive and we can purchase bulk bags and have our dollars go further. I thank you in advance for donations and continued support of our local food bank.
1: I want to just draw attention to two things. Again, I'll ask you to take your bulletin so you can see them. On the back of your bulletin, um, there's an outdoor candlelight vigil for peace in Steinbach announcement. That was something that uh, a couple of weeks ago we were invited there by folks at the United Church who just said, do you want to come and light a candle just for a few minutes, no talking, just lighting a candle to be together in relation to all that's happening in our world. And since then, there's even more happening. If you would like to, at 7 o'clock, join those who are going there just to light a candle and um, last time we just walked to the fire hall and back, Um, come and do that. You would be joining with others of kindred spirit and it's um, a short but meaningful time together with them and it will be ongoing every Sunday at 7 o'clock for now. And then the other thing I'd like to mention is in the insert that you've got, It is an announcement of what's starting to happen um, this Wednesday and then throughout Lent. I'm not going to mention much of it because Lent begins next Sunday for us at worship. But um, as you notice, Ash Wednesday on May the 2nd, that's this Wednesday at 7 o'clock. We're going to have an Ash Wednesday service. We've had it most years when we've been able to. The last couple have been different. So please come out and um, and, uh, begin Lent with us together as we impose ashes and have some scripture and prayer together. And then um, also on the other side, if as you prepare for Lent, Lenten practices as um, as. Um um, was just mentioned that, you know, the seriousness of our world. In many ways, we need healing uh, in, from some things or other things as we've gone through two years of different times. Maybe instead of fasting this year during Lent, which many of us have done, we might, might want to wonder about how we need healing. What kind of healing do we need? And how might we go about, in small ways, to approach that during Lent, doing a practice of some kind to address what we need the most after two years of all that has happened and might continue to happen. So anyway, as you wonder about Lent, take a look at that insert and uh, let's prepare ourselves for the 40 days as we head towards Easter.
0: And one more thing. The, we are planning for Pungasi Family Camp again. Uh, and that's happening July 4 to 9. And if uh, you'd like to be a part of that, please talk to Kyle uh, in the, in the coming days, weeks, Uh, as, uh, as you plan your summers.
2: Thanksgiving and praise come before the Lord with thanksgiving and praising to God. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with glad praise.
0: from psalm 100 shout with joy to the lord all the earth worship the lord with gladness come before him singing with joy acknowledge that the lord is god he made us and we are his we are his people the sheep of his pasture For a prayer of confession. Merciful Lord, sometimes it seems like we can't help but lose our way again and again. Our hearts long to follow you, but you know the way of the human heart. You know how in our misguided longings we veer off our journeying to you and begin to chart our own ways by false stars and distorted visions. Forgive us. Forgive us for all the times we are tempted by the hints of light, instead of remaining steered by the assurance of light. Forgive us when we forget that we are already claimed by you, loved by you, and purposed for you. Forgive us when we allow ourselves to shape and be shaped by voices and words that do not bring life, create life, nurture life, sustain life, or resurrect life. Merciful God, help us find our way again. Turn us back towards the road spotted with, your, with other pilgrims, wayfarers, and repentant servants. Remind us that your way is the way of returning. Guide us by your Spirit and by your light. Make us remember the power of the, of the Spirit within us. Make us remember the gifts of our minds, our hearts, and our bodies that you have bestowed on us, that we would use them to honor the directives and the invitations you lay upon us. We know that our ways are not your ways, and we thank you for this. Help us trust your ways over our ways. Remind us of your faithfulness as you forgive us our short memory. In your unmeasurable love, grace, mercy, and wisdom, do not abandon us regardless of how often we lose our way. Place your wounded hands upon our broken hearts and turn us toward you, Lord of light, Lord of the life, Lord of resurrection. Amen. God, we enter your presence with thanksgiving. We gather together to give you praise. Our presence in this place and in our homes expresses our thanks to you and our desire to honor you. For you are good. Your unfailing love continues forever. Your faithfulness continues to each generation. Amen. Amen.
3: I'd like to invite the children forward for a puppet show.
4: The weather has been quite cold and snowy so far, hasn't it? So many days of school canceled. Let's call Finn out and see what he's been up to with all this winter. Ready? One, two, three, Finn the Dragon!
5: Hello, everybody!
4: Mel, this is a pleasant surprise. What are you doing here?
5: Well, I heard you talking about winter, and I have a story to tell. Tell away. Two weeks ago, I tried going to Winnipeg, but you know what? It was a blizzard and there was so much blowing snow that I had to turn around because I closed the highway. They closed the highway? They did. I couldn't see a thing.
4: Hey, that reminds me about the gospel lesson this morning.
5: It does?
4: Yep. Well, just like we have a hard time seeing when driving through a blizzard, Jesus met someone who had a hard time seeing since the day he was born.
5: And what did Jesus do?
4: Well, Jesus did something pretty strange. He spit in some mud, mushed it up, and rubbed it in the man's eyes.
5: Ew, he put spit mud in the man's
4: eyes? Yep.
5: That sounds like something Finn the dragon would do.
3: Why, hello everybody. I was just finishing my nap when I heard my name being called. What's going on?
4: Finn, would you spit in dirt, make some mud, and rub it in someone else's eyes?
3: Yeah, (laughs) of course. Why wouldn't I do that? Rubbing spit mud in people's eyes sounds like great fun. Maybe kids will do that in spring together, huh?
5: See, Penny, I told you so, but what happened in the story about Jesus making spit mud?
3: Wait, what? Jesus? Like Jesus? Like the Son of God, Messiah Jesus? He made spit mud too? (laughs) Ha! That's awesome!
4: Yeah. Yeah. Jesus really didn't spit in the mud and rub it in the man's eyes, and then the man could see.
5: Why did Jesus do that?
4: Jesus did that because he, like us, cares about people and wants them to thrive. Huh!
3: Jesus also made spit mud because he wanted to show us that in order to follow him, sometimes we have to get our hands a little dirty, and sometimes maybe even our faces. (laughs)
4: And Jesus did it because he wanted everybody to be able to clearly see that he was God's son who came to show us how to live.
5: Wow. Thanks, Finn and Penny. With your help, I can now see what Jesus was doing.
3: You're welcome, Mel. Ooh, friends, but I have have one more question. Yes? When is spring going to be here? I'm tired of seeing all the cold and the snow and the ice. So
4: are we, Finn. So are we.
3: <laughs> okay, kids, you can go back to the foyer for Children's Church now. Bye. Bye.
0: Hear this story of Jesus found in the Gospel of John, chapter 9. Walking down the street, Jesus saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, causing him to be born blind? Jesus said, you're asking the wrong question. You're looking for someone to blame. There is no such cause effect here. Look instead for what God can do. We need to be energetically at work for the one who sent me here, working while the sun shines. The night falls, the workday is over. For as long as I am in the world, there is plenty of light. I am the world's light. He said this, and then spit in the dust and made a clay paste with the saliva, rubbing the paste on the man's eye and said, Go wash at the pool of Salome." Siloam means scent. The man went and washed and saw soon the town was buzzing his relatives and those who year after year had seen him as a blind man begging were saying why isn't this the man we knew who sat here and begged others said it's him all right but others objected it's not the same man at all it it just looks like him he said it's me the very one They said, how did your eyes get opened? A man named Jesus made a paste and rubbed it on my eyes and told me, go to Siloam and wash. And I did what he said and I washed and I saw. So where is he? I don't know. They marched the man to the Pharisees. This day when Jesus made the paste and healed his blindness was the Sabbath. The Pharisees grilled him again on how he had come to see, and he said, he put clay paste on my eyes, and I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, obviously, this man can't be from God. He doesn't keep the Sabbath. Others countered, how can a bad man do miraculous? God revealed things like this. There was a split in their ranks. They came back to, at the blind man. You're the expert. Uh, he opened your eyes. What do you say about him? He said, "'He is a prophet.'" The Jews didn't believe it. They didn't believe the man was blind to begin with, so they called the parents of the man, now bright-eyed with sight. They asked him, "'Is this your son, the one you say was born blind? How is it that he now sees?' His parents said, "'We know he is our son, and we know he was born blind, but we don't know how he came to see, haven't a clue about who opened his eyes.'" Why don't you ask him? He's a grown man and can speak for himself. His parents were talking like this because they were intimidated by the Jewish leaders who had already decided that anyone who took a stand, uh, that this was the Messiah, would be kicked out of the meeting place. That's why his parents said, Ask him. He's a grown man. They called the man back a second time, the man who had been blind, and, and told him, Give credit to God. We know this man is an imposter. He replied, I know nothing about that one way or the other, but I know one thing for sure. I was blind. I now see. They said, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? I've told you over and over and you haven't listened. Why do you want to hear it again? Are you so eager to become his disciples? With that, they jumped all over him. You might be a disciple of that man, but we're disciples of Moses. We know for sure that God spoke to Moses, but we have no idea where this man even comes from. The man replied, This is amazing. You claim to know nothing about him, but the fact is he opened my eyes. It's well known that God isn't at the beck and call of sinners, but listens carefully to anyone who lives in reverence and does his will. That someone opened the eyes of a man born blind has never been heard of, ever. If this man didn't come from God, he wouldn't be able to do anything. They said, you're nothing but dirt. How dare you take that tone with us? Then they threw him out in the street. And Jesus heard heard that they had thrown him out and went and found him. He asked him, Do you believe in the Son of Man? The man said, Point him out to me, sir, so that I can believe in him. Jesus said, You're looking right at him. Don't you recognize my voice? Master, I believe, the man said and worshipped him. Jesus then said, I came into the world to bring everything into the clear light of day, making all the distinctions clear, so that those who have never seen will see, and those who have made a great pretense of seeing will be exposed as blind. Some Pharisees overheard him and said, Does that mean you're calling us blind? And Jesus said, If you were really blind, you would be blameless. But since you claim to see everything so well, You're accountable for every fault and failure.
3: So this week, I worked ahead on my sermon, which is always a good thing. I finished it on Wednesday. And then, well, Thursday happened. And when we see war... None of this quite feels as important, or maybe it feels infinitely more important. So I'm going to ask for your grace. I did not change my entire sermon. But I'm going to make a few references to war. The story is not, whatever, John 9 and blind, there's connections, not great. But then afterwards, we are going to have an intentional time of prayer for peace. Okay, John chapter 9. Who sinned? This man or his parents? So, this is a question rooted in our own Bibles, where we read in Deuteronomy that our children and grandchildren will be punished for our sins. But that's also a pathetic attempt at reading our own Bibles because Ezekiel undoes this in Deuteronomy and says that our children are not punished for our sins, which Jesus confirms when he was asked, Who sinned? He's like, nobody, you schmucks. That's a different Bible translation than we're used to. But we, we have a bit of a problem here, my friends. Like, we do. See, Mel and I have spent a lot of time talking in the past two years, since we've only allowed to see each other, really. And we were trying to figure out how do we live in this pandemic landscape. And I'd suggest that these days, at least a third... Maybe even half of our conversations end with Mel saying the exact same thing. Why are we talking about everything except God? How is God shaping our decisions in how to live? Why are we talking about everything except God? But sometimes, sometimes I do, I am able to give Mel an answer. And recently I said this, dude, People are literally walking around Parliament Hill, blowing horns, doing Jericho walls, thinking that the walls are going to come crashing down. And they were doing these in the fall at the ledge in Winnipeg. And some people did one in Winkler two weeks ago. Mel, lots of people are talking about God. Mel. And then part of me thinks... Oh, but the story about Joshua fighting the Battle of Jericho ends in a violent, bloody genocide. So maybe we shouldn't be reenacting this story even though it's in our Bibles? And then another part of me says, Good thing that archaeologists think that Jericho was mostly empty and thus thus they question the historical accuracy of the genocides in the Old Testament. And then part of me is like, See, Mel, this is why people aren't talking about God. (laughs) Because they are misusing these stories and abusing these stories and claiming God to justify anything and everything. And how can we even begin to talk about God when all we want to do is run away from others talking about God because we don't want to give ourselves or our children or our grandchildren the spiritual baggage that we have worked so hard to free ourselves from. That is why we don't talk about God. No, no, no. If you're a parent, there's is a movie. Like we don't talk about Bruno. No, no, no. That's why we don't talk about God. No, no, no. It's been a long two years. My sabbatical's in five months. It's actually four and a half months away. Who's counting? Mel and Kathy are gonna have a blissfully quiet fall, and you're all gonna preach for me, which is gonna be great. I would say though that off script here, sorry um, Chris, um, one of you has told Mel who told me that maybe actually the question is less should we talk about God, maybe this is where we can say we can talk about Jesus because that's much, much better ground to ground ourselves in as Anabaptists. The other day my kids took a DVD from the library here out, Veggie Tales, I think it was the Jonah story and they wanted to watch it and I just said no to screen time and they're like, come on, Dad. It's a Bible story. You like the Bible. And I was like, A, manipulative little punks. <laughs> That's not some of my kids. And then B, I was like, guys, you know that I only like the Bible because it tells the story of Jesus. Okay, back to the story of oh, John 9. What <laughs> am I here? <laughs> the religious leaders were wondering, who sinned? This man or his parents? And Jesus is like, nope, because the moral blame game as to who is responsible for human suffering and why it happens is a waste of time. War note number one, Vladimir Putin is to blame for invading Ukraine, (laughs) but that's not what our Bible story is about today. It is about somebody who was born without sight, and they were trying to put blame on somebody for that sin. Okay, back to the scripted sermon. Blame game for human suffering is a waste. Are we so arrogant that we think that we can live our one wild and wonderful life and not experience suffering because we avoid sinning? Who sinned? Blah, to that question. But the question actually did make me wonder about the Jericho marches and people talking about God. I recently had a conversation with some other pastors in our church conference about how it's hard for some parents and parishioners to talk about God because when we see interesting things that people do with religion, we want nothing to do with it like the religious leaders in this text. Some people are so preoccupied with being right and following one interpretation of the rules and correct theology and trying to control people that they are actually quite unloving. He's a sinner, a yahoo. So thus, we cannot take what he says seriously. Can't you see? Which is ironic, because most of the stories of Jesus restoring somebody's sight isn't only about Jesus restoring somebody's sight. It's actually a metaphor for pay attention, wake up. I'm going to say all that again, a little slower, and if you felt moments of nodding along... Listen again closely and try listening to it in a different way. Some people are so preoccupied with being right and following one interpretation of the rules and correct theology and trying to control people that they are actually quite unloving. That person is a sinner, a yahoo, so thus we cannot take what they say seriously. Can't you see which is ironic because most of the stories of Jesus restoring somebody's sight is not only about Jesus restoring somebody's sight, it's actually a metaphor for wake up, pay attention. And our faces nodding in agreement the first time might shift to, oh boy, eek. Because maybe the Pharisees were talking about the man born without sight as a sinner, and maybe they were talking also about Jesus as a sinner, And maybe the gospel writer, John, was writing out that the religious leaders here are the actual sinners, and maybe, maybe, just maybe, the gospel writer was also talking about us as the actual sinners. And our faces, our heads nod, become eek. We have allowed and we do allow ourselves to feel contempt for those who anger us We allow ourselves to feel contempt for those whom we deem to be yahoos. And maybe, maybe, sometimes, we are the yahoos who people are angry with. Eating humble pie is just so much harder than finding a sinner to rail against. Be a Jesus, funny. Religious leaders, easy. Freedom Convoy and Justin Trudeau, great. Heather Stephenson, somebody not wearing their mask over their nose, or church checking vax cards. Meanwhile, here we have a story of a man walking around, having the time of his life, saying, whether Jesus is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. And he is just living the dream, isn't he? While well, we are all trying to figure out who's to blame for the sin in the world, he is just having a party, free from the blame game. Free from the blame game. This is where I think confession, confession, might help us be free. But again, here is where in our attempts to be free from some of the spiritual baggage and trauma that we know exists, I don't think that we have found a really good substitute for sin and confession. Like if you were to ask my own children what sin is, their answers would probably disappoint me. (laughs) They might say things like doing something wrong, like hitting their siblings or lying, but that's probably it. Beyond that, we probably don't have a really good framework for sin, and I think part of that is because we are tired of people throwing around the sinner label on individuals and trotting them up to church to confess their sins, usually about who they slept with and not about how they're not sharing their money with the poor. But we're also cautious of throwing around the sinner label on a systemic level because although while that's real and important, placing the burdens of centuries of sins on individuals can be paralyzing and doesn't always seem that fair either. So if we don't want to be busy blaming each other for sin, our next default, I think, is to swing the pendulum over here and to ditch the idea of it entirely. Because that seems pretty easy to do, Just don't worry about it. Live and let live. Except that without a good framework of sin, I can lie and spread rumors and do racist things and hit people and throw my McDonald's takeout garbage out the window and steal money and shovel the snow from my driveway onto my neighbors because I am out of room. I did see one video where two neighbors had snowblowers and they were literally six feet apart facing each other, blowing the snow into each other's faces, because they were so mad about them blowing the snow onto each other's driveways. Without sin, I do not have to care about climate change and how that will affect the world's poor, which I am not amongst. I do not have to give my money away, nor worry about people not having food or experiencing homelessness. And war reference number two, without sin, I can invade a different country and kill people, including children. Gee, this sinless world sounds great, doesn't it? So this is where I find life with two things a definition of sin and a practice of sin not not sinning you'll see a practice about sin the definition of sin that i work with is simply this sin is the refusal to grow that was said by gregory of nisa a long time ago but it's my best definition sin is simply the refusal to grow and in our story today there were a whole bunch of people who were refusing to grow. They trotted the guy's parents out. I was like, is this your kid? Well, of course it's my kid. He born blind. Yeah, I birthed him. You knew he couldn't see. I don't know. The refusal to grow was also a great understanding of sin because war number three. You saw it in the UN this weekend. So the Security Council tried making a resolution saying, don't do this. And then the Russians were like, vetoed that. And then the Ukrainian ambassador says, war criminals don't go to purgatory, they go to hell. If I believed in a traditional understanding of hell, I would agree with that statement. Because sin is the refusal to grow. You haven't learned nothing. And yesterday at the rally in Winnipeg, similar thoughts were said. We've learned. We know better. Why are we here again? Because we're sinning. And the practice, the practice that... Vladimir Putin could use. Maybe all of us, actually. (laughs) The practice is this. Confession. Here's my favorite confession. And when I say favorite, I mean least favorite because it cuts through all of my masks and all of my defense mechanisms. Most merciful God, have mercy upon me. In your compassion, forgive my sins, both known and unknown, things done and left undone, especially and then name them. Richard Rohr says that he prays for one... Richard Rohr is my Franciscan friend if you're new here. I quote him a lot. Richard Rohr says he prays for one good humiliation a day to keep him humble. I do not pray for one good humiliation a day, (laughs) nor do I want to because that sounds humiliating. With this confession prayer, most merciful God, have mercy upon me, in your compassion forgive my sins, both known and none unknown, things done and left undone, especially, and then you can name them. This prayer seems like a pretty good start to help me, and to help us, and to help everybody wake up, and to help us see This seems like a much better starting point than going around looking for sinners to blame. So Lent is starting on Wednesday. We're having a shrove party comedy night on Tuesday to live in excess, and then we're coming and putting ash on our foreheads on Wednesday because we came from dust, and to dust we we will return. We've given you some prompts in your bulletin for the practices you can do, but if you need one practice clearly laid out for you this Lent, Try this prayer. Try confession. Try it at night, but not too close to bed because then you're going to relive all the terrible things that you did during the day. Give yourself an hour before bedtime to do it. Maybe, just maybe, we will have the opportunity to name all the ways that we have failed to grow, and then maybe, just maybe, there will be some freedom on the other side of that because I was blind, but now... I can see. Amen.
0: us into a time to pray for peace. Let's pray together. O oh, weeping and wounded healer, the Prince of Peace, the everlasting God. Our hearts are broken again. War is so ugly. And your children suffer fear, pain, Anxiety, sickness, and death. We long to reach out, to bandage the wounded, console the grieving, comfort the fearful, and give shelter to the refugee. May the Spirit of Jesus empower us to trust you in all areas of life so that we become peacemakers who renounce violence, love our enemies, seek justice, and share our possessions with those in need. Hear our hearts as we stand in solidarity with the people of Ukraine, recognizing that we share a common hope and faith. You promised through the prophet Isaiah that when we pass through waters that you will be with us. that when we walk through fire, we would not be burned. Today, we pray this for the people of Ukraine. And for ourselves, may we recommit to living as peacemakers in our own sphere of influence. May we ready ourselves to be agents of your peace, ready to protect, speak for the voiceless, and lower the temperature of violence. Living God, may your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as in heaven.
3: Amen.
2: Our last song is a response of hymn, and you are invited to respond to each verse with the chorus.
0: you to stand for the benediction. God of herons and heartbreak, teach us to love the world again. Teach us to love extravagantly, knowing that it may, eh, likely will, break our hearts and teach us that it is worth it. God of pandemics and suffering ones, teach us to love the world again. God of loneliness and longing, of bushfires and wilderness, of soup kitchens and border towns, of snowfall and children, teach us to love the world again. Amen. Go in peace.